Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is a special edition we have for the All Stakes Pick 4 on Haskell Day. Two guests to uh, come and join me, Peter Thomas Fornatel, far from the Brooklyn Bunker out here on the West Coast. How do you know it's not my place? There is a, a surfboard behind me. That's a, that's a pretty darn good tip-off. Trade the vinyl for the surfboard. We bring in First Man who's been on these airwaves many times. Does a great job. One of the most respected contest directors in America and uh, an excellent horse player in his uh, spare time when he's not busy working in a little busman's holiday situation for Brian Skirka from Monmouth Park. Brian, how are things? Pete and JK, I'm great. Always uh, good to be on, especially Haskell Week. And then the, the other man, the usual co-host of this program. It's been good to have him be back on with him. He was carrying the torch while I was uh, running around the country. You know him from the work he does for America's Day at the Races, for Fox, and right here at the In The Money Media Network, including on his own eponymous Plus One podcast, Jonathan Kitchen. JK, what's up? I, I, I am loving my time here at Saratoga. It's, it's an honor to be on those shows every day. But I do have to admit, it does get in the way of my trips down to the to the Jersey Shore. So uh, I'll be watching for sure uh, on my phone. Am I on air? I'm on air, so I'll be watching on my phone uh, to check out what's going on down at Monmouth for the Haskell. Some great racing. This is a really cool card. Um, we have some other content going through some of the other races, but I'm most excited really to talk about this all stakes pick four. And it begins in race number nine, where we've got $100,000 in the pot for the Wolf Hill stakes going five and a half furlongs on this Monmouth turf course. Um, Brian, we're going to bring you in first to give your opinions on this one. Where are you leaning? So I am leaning towards a closer in these races. This race to me looks absolutely gung-ho loaded with speed. All of them on the outside. Nothing better. That's right. Four Harp, Just Jeremy. They're the four outside drawn horses. They all look like absolute gangbusters, need the lead types. So in these kind of races, you know, in, in this kind of situation where we're kicking off a pick four, I kind of just throw out those speeds and use all the closers. I know it's a turf sprint and, and I'm sure JK is going to talk about wanting some speed, but when there's this much speed for me, I mean, there's four absolute gung ho need the leads. I'm using all the closers. Amen. The one is going to be my top pick. He flew from last at Gulfstream going five furlongs last time. Not the easiest thing to do winning from dead last going five furlongs at Gulfstream. Alagon, the three is a closer. Belgrano is a horse that I absolutely have to use. Loves Mammoth. Loves five and a half is a lot better at five and a half furlongs than five furlongs, which he's been running last time. And we'll get a ton of speed in this race and witty as well. So one, three, four, five for me, all the closers. I, I mean, I get it. If, if and JK, I really do want your opinion on this because you talk so often about how it doesn't matter how much speed it looks like in the turf sprint. You still want that speed of the speed on your side. Is this possibly an exception or, uh, or are you going to try to find one to wire them even with so much apparent speed signed up? Yeah, I mean, not that I, I don't. It's 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 always a weird thing to say that you feel like you're good at anything. So so forgive me for. I do think that like compared to most horse players, I don't cringe at turf sprints like they do. I feel a little bit more comfortable, and I think the reason that I've had some success in them, or they don't bother my brain as much as I think they do others, other horse players, is I just pick the best horses. And I don't care what the, the pace scenario is. I mean, obviously, if a horse is going to get loose in there, that could, that, that's great. It doesn't happen very often in turf sprints. I just pick the best horses. And to me, it's not even close who the two best horses are. It's the seven, nothing better, and the nine, uh, four, heart. So those are the two 
just regardless of, of, of their style, because if, if you in California see it, if Brian down in the Jersey Shore sees it, and I see it up here in Saratoga that there's a lot of pace in this race, then the jocks in the room see it too. And when that happens, they don't always end up hooking up. The trainers see it. One of them, hey, you know, this horse will rate. I, he rates in the morning, so let's just let's see if we can just kind of let him fall out of there and see what happens. And next thing you know, nothing better for Harp is loose on the front end. They're the best horses, and they go on and gallop. So um, I'm going to use those two as the best horses in the race as A horses, and then I'll use the other two horses that that Brian mentioned, the one, uh, a, uh, Eamon or Eamon, and the four Belgrano as the two closers that I think could pick up the pieces if, for whatever reason, it does materialize into a pace meltdown. But uh, I'm, I'm comfortable trusting the two best horses. A little bit of oppo there, but uh, some common opposition on the A line, but uh, some commonality with JK's Bs uh, in terms of if that pace does boil over. JK trying to have his cake and eat it too, which I think is, you know, maybe not the worst approach in this spot. And, and I have a feeling we're going to get some stronger opinions from him as the as the sequence goes on. Let's talk about race number 10. It's the grade three Molly pitcher. We're going a mile and a 16th on the dirt and we've got a field of eight. JK, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, look, I'm going to single the four search results. It feels as if she should be the two-time grade one winning uh, Ogden Phipps horse. And, and every time she just gets nailed at the wire, um, I, I think that this is a situation where she, she's the best horse in this race. I think she has a, a tactical pace scenario that she can get herself involved in. And uh, I just think she's the best. I will use the five La Davida as a backup, as a B horse. But um, my all-stakes pick four on Haskell Day will go through the four search results. Brian, curious to uh, get your thoughts on this one. Is this a place that you're looking to narrow down as well? Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I feel like J.K. and I have, have similar feelings for search results. I've heard him talk about her enough over the years, and I, I completely agree. She has run some of the most unbelievable races and lost that, you, that you'll ever see. Like last year against Latruska was just, you know, one of the best races of the year. She just happened to lose because the, you know, the race dynamics didn't suit her, you know, so close behind Malathad and Clarier. She is by far the class of this race. She is, you know, on, you know, 80% push to search results. The horse I'm interested in is, is loved, maybe as just a potential backup. And just because we don't know, the sky could be the limit for her. She's been facing lesser company, but absolutely bullying them and just shrugging them away and, and dominating. She's won her last three races by nearly 30 lengths. Uh, she should be on the lead here. And, and I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic if Love makes the lead and Joelle Rosario can get search results kind of to her outside and just sit right off of her flank. That's kind of the, the race that Love has been running lately in, in Kentucky, and she's just been shrugging off those horses to her outside and going on and winning by as much as she wants. I don't think she's going to be able to shrug off search results. She's never seen a horse like search results to her outside in her life. So it's, it's a proving day for Love. Is she just you know, beating up on lesser horses, or is she going to be able to be you know, a, turn into a, a graded stakes kind of horse? And, and what, what kind of battle is she going to give search results? But I would say 80 to 90% search results for me and 10 to 20% love just in case, you know, she's some blooming superstar. That's an interesting idea. I mean, the paper on love is certainly very, very appealing. And those aren't slow races, still has to step it up. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what the tactics are in this spot. We'll move to the 11th, but I'm going to take a quick break here. And just well, Pete, before, you hit the, Pete, before you hit that break, PTF, real quick about yes. love. I just want to say this because it's, it's also, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be, you know, watching Haskell Day, but they'll also 
be watching or at least playing in, in coaching club American Oaks day. And I think something to keep in mind is that Ellis park, you've heard every horseman say it. You've heard every rider say it has been a very speed favoring racetrack. So just be careful with horses who found themselves on the front end. Who's your Philly? Another horse. I'm sure we'll talk about Pete a little bit later when we go over that pick six or a little bit earlier, if we did it before, <laughs> but, um, you know, just keep an eye. That's one thing that I wanted to say about love. Now she could be a monster, right? She is a half to max field. So she's got a right to be a serious, serious racehorse. She's lightly raced. She could take another step forward. I just want people to look at that race through the lens of she probably was on the right racetrack that day for her style. Yeah, it's a fair point, And we'll see what happens. Uh, completely unexposed. Water gets deep, but it's going to be an, it's an excellent showdown in the Molly pitcher. And the break is just to, for me to talk about the, uh, the Haskell contest, because if you're listening to this right away or watching it right away, um, actually, and if you're an express bet player right up to the moment of, uh, of the contest, you can get involved. So Brian, why don't you give us the lowdown on what you've got cooking for Haskell day? Absolutely. So Saturday is the Haskell handicapping challenge. It's a thousand dollar live money buy-in contest giving away seats to the BCBC, NHC, and, of course, cash. So last year, if memory serves, we had 229 entries. We ended up giving away seven BCBC seats, two NHC seats, and like $35,000, $40,000 in cash. So we're hoping to up that a little bit this year. Entries so far, knock on wood, have been going very, very well. Uh, it's Mammoth Park races only, so all 14 races on the card are part of the contest. It's a $1,000 buy-in. Like I said, half of that 500 goes to your bankroll, 500 goes to the prize pool. And then for your, your um, mandatory bets you have to make, you have to bet at least five races at $100 a piece. Win, place, show, exacta, and double wagering only. And it is an online-only contest, so there's no on-site element to it. Just, it's Haskell Day, and logistically, we just don't have the, the bandwidth to support an on-site contest. So uh, TVG and ExpressBet are the ways that you can play. If you are in Canada, you can play through HPI. Um, but for the majority of people, it would be TVG and ExpressBet. If you're playing TVG, you have to sign up with me by today, Friday, at 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you're playing Express Bet, you could sign up right through the Express Bet uh, app up until noon, post time for first race tomorrow on Saturday. So I'm asking this for a friend, Brian. If you happen to not be registered for the NHC tour, is there a substitute prize you get or are you just out of luck? Uh, unfortunately, you are out of luck in that situation. <laughs> That's all right. Just just what just to have this curiosity to, to, to ask provided that you, you know, you finish in a position where there's, you know, so cash is to the top five. Mm -hmm. And then typically the BCBC seats go first. So like in last year's example, finishes one through seven, got a BCBC seat. So in a scenario where that plays out again and someone finishes eighth, so the only pro there's no cash that left there and yeah. the only seat, the only spot left is an NHC seat, a non-NHC tour member would get nothing, unfortunately. We'd be moved down to the next, uh, next rung on the ladder. Let's sure. talk about these grade ones, gentlemen, starting off with the United Nations. Race 11, 5.06 Eastern is the scheduled post time. And a very interesting field of 10 going postward. Brian, we'll send it back to you for who you think is going to get the money. Yeah, spectacular race. Both of these next two races for me are, are spectacular races. Some years on Haskell Day, we get the kind of superstar, the American Pharaoh, the Rachel Alexandra, you know, the Chad Brown horse in the U.N. that's 
you know, three to five, and then you're kind of looking for who's going to finish second behind them. Both the UN and Haskell are, are not that race, at least in, in my opinion uh, this year. Both very, very good handicapping races. I think I'm going to land on the three catnip in, in the UN. I was just very impressed by his race last time in the Mammoth Stakes. He is stretching out again to the mile and three-eighths, but he's undefeated this year, continues to improve the buyers. Last race was sitting a really great trip, second kind of just off Tribuvin, just off the speed. And then on the backside, all hell broke loose. And the two horses that were last made this big blitz to be second and third. And Catnip, you know, probably didn't realize that there was going to be some crazy backstretch blitz and just ended up like last. So went from sitting a great trip second to shuffling back to last. And still won very easily, you know, came rolling down the center of the track to get the job done. So he's an improving horse. He's two for two at Monmouth. Uh, and this this category of horse, this grade one turf, um, I, I just think we've seen enough over the years that unless it's, you know, a Chad Brown, that's, you know, these are good horses. Um, they, they, it's the horse. They just keep beating each other. You know, Mike Maker will win one race and then someone else will win run, one race. So unless it's some superstar coming over from Europe or if one of Chad's very, very best, I, I have no problem, you know, betting a horse making his grade one debut in, in these, in these marathon turf races. Cause I, I just don't think there's any superstars at the moment. So catnip for me, planetario, very, very interesting coming in from California for Richard Mandela. And the, the, the one long shot I want to give a shout out to that I'm using on every ticket is Yamato, the seven. I, I just have a, a mental thing with him. I've, I've followed him for a very long time when he's been running in like starter allowance, allowance races for Marat Sankal. He's been claimed now by Mike Maker. So the day that he was claimed, you know, I just proclaimed the sources. He'll, he'll win a grade one. At, you know, that, that mile and a half race at Kentucky Downs, you know, has his name all over it. Uh, I find it very interesting that Saez gets aboard. You, you can't really see it in his PPs, but I would say like 15 races back on Yamato, Saez used to ride him all the time when he was ridden, when he was trained by Murat Sankal. So there's definitely some familiarity there. And he's the one long shot that I'm not going to let beat me, but I think Catnip's going to be the top pick. I get it. See, I'm going to write that down as three and seven on the A-line for you with some interest in Planetario, maybe a little bit more as a backup. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that works. JK, where are you here? I know you love a Mike Maker trainee. You've got a couple of those to pick from. And we've got this tier at the top of the market, I'd say, with Catnip and the old warrior uh, Red Knight and also Planetario for Mandela cutting back. Where will the JK dollars be going? Yeah, I mean, Red Knight will be my top choice in here, um, but I'll use a Yamato as well. Seven, nine or be my A horses. You know, that's what Mike Maker does. And and, and, and to Brian's point, there's no superstar in here, right? Like it's like, it's not like Sugar, Clement, or 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 Todd or Chad. It's like shipped one down that that's been winning Grade Ones all year and shows up here in this race, right? There's no superstar. So uh, when when that becomes the case, I just default to you and I could probably win a Grade One in a horse suit if Mike Maker <laughs> trained us to go long on the turf. And and Red Knight, in all seriousness, feels like the best horse in here. Uh, the most consistent. He was only a couple links behind uh, who I think most would argue would be, you know, one to nine in this spot and up to the mark. So, you know, I, I just, I, I trust red Knight to show up and run his race. Yamato looks like a progressive type. He's only been with maker for a couple of starts. And, and, and I think he had some excuses last time. If you watch the replay there, that was a tough trip. He had at Churchill down. He broke slow. He was last at a slow pace. Then he had traffic. So although that speed figure dipped down a little bit, I think you could probably add a couple of mental points to that speed figure. And, and he kind of feels like he's a little bit more in the mix. I'll use the three catnip. Um, and I believe it's the eight. I, I don't have numbers Foreign relations as, as a B horse in here. Um, 
I'll let the other ones beat me. I, I was noticed there's a lot of geldings in here, which I, I thought was interesting. I, I was going to try to make a gelding joke, but there's a couple of horses, so I couldn't. <laughs> Bit of a frat house vibe in the gate with all those uh, <laughs> with all those geldings. The um, yes, and of course, host fail there. There are three Mike Baker trainees, so there are lots of uh, lots of chances for him to improve his already impressive mark in Grade One turf races. Let's go to the race that gives the day its name. This is a fantastic running of the Haskell. We have lots of star power, some interesting up-and-comers. JK, who's your idea of the winner? Um, I am going to single Arabian night. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that you got to realize in these summer races is that there's an opportunity for you to uh, – there's an opportunity for you to really allow your old opinions to come to fruition. You know, I mean, I loved Arabian Night going into the Derby after after uh, a lot of his races. I thought he was outstanding, especially the Southwest. And I thought, okay, here's my Derby horse. And then he got hurt, and he didn't make it to the Derby. Now he's back. He's grown up a little bit, and Baffert will have him ready to run. Baffert did not put him on the plane to come to Monmouth to not show up. This horse will be ready to run. And if you think he's going to run his best race, you have to then ask yourself, is his best good enough to beat this group? And I think the answer is an emphatic yes. Um, I'll be ice cold singled. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I won't be ice cold singled. I will single Arabian Night because the other horse that I thought could be a Derby horse could be a uh, a superstar as a three year old was Extra Anejo. Uh, so he'll be involved as a horse that I think that could uh, could potentially improve a little bit. So Arabian Night for me, it's going to kind of be the forgotten three year olds is going to be my theme for this Haskell. Arabian Night will be my A, and Extra Anejo will be my beat Arabian Nights certainly interesting and if you go back and you look at that southwest stakes from January 28th and you look at the figures that I think eight of the nine horses coming out of it significantly improved their figures that makes me think the published figure might be low there and already even just what the published figure is you figure in that improvement for age in 175 days since we've seen him uh, he's got something in hand, speed figure-wise, against this group, especially with all the quotes about Mage, you know, the, needing the race and 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 really treating it more, uh, treating it more as a prep. So yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with Arabian Night. So Brian, you you come in here and tell us: are we are we just uh, on the hype train here, or 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 do we think Arabian Night might be the goods? No, I agree with the overall premise that I'm looking for a, a new face of the up and comers. You know, Mage obviously is the 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 focal point. He's the Kentucky Derby winner. He deserves all the respect in the world. But as you said, they're kind of on record that the Traverse is their main. You know, they would love to win the Haskell. I'm sure it's a Grade One million dollar Breeders' Cup win in your in race. Who wouldn't want to win the Haskell? But this is a stepping stone to the Traverse. So you know, he certainly can win the race, but. You know, are you going to throw all your eggs in the basket of a horse that, you know, might not be 120% just oozing, you know, ready to go for this race? And, and so he's obviously in a, in a, you know, a proven horse. And Tappet Trice is the other kind of proven one that comes out of the Triple Crown races. And I, I've soured on him, to be honest, which is probably going to put him right on, in the winner's circle. But he was my derby pick. He was my Belmont pick. And I just I didn't love either of those races, to be honest. So I'm kind of off of him in this race. So if you want to play like the the brian jump off you know i, I don't blame you at all um I, i'm gonna go with extra anejo as, as my top pick in here um a thousand percent respect 
you know, Arabian Night and Bob Baffert. If this was any other trainer bringing in a horse off a seven-month layoff into the Haskell, you know, I would, I would certainly have questions. This horse is going to be ready to run. He's proven that he's incredibly fast. He's going to be on the lead, you know, and he has to be on, on, on any ticket. You know, he, Bob Baffert has won this race nine times, he's going for ten. You know, even if your opinion is I, he's not my top pick, I just don't see how you could throw this horse completely out and say he, if he if he wins, I lose. I, I don't see that as possible. But extra anejo, I, I think, is that what Jonathan was kind of saying? The you know last year was the holy crap horse at Keeneland, along with Arabian Night. Like this is a three year old that we need to be paying attention to next year. Kind of, I guess, had a minor injury, got a late start early this year, but is now this this is this is his derby basically. This is his, his stakes debut. This is his chance to prove that okay, I'm just as good as these horses who've been running in stakes races all year. Um, the the one thing I do want to mention for people to keep an eye out for because it, it might change, and I don't even know because we have had a lot of rain, but. The, the Mammoth Dirt course this year has been playing, I would say, very outside favoring. You know, I, I think people kind of have a, you know, they remember the Mammoth of old where it's just a, you know, a highway and get to the, the, the rail and the lead and you're going to sail all the way around. This year, you know, speed has certainly been good. I'm not saying it's a, it's a closer friendly track, but off the rail has, has been the place to be. Uh, we, we have had rain last weekend, even during this weekend, and obviously it's, it's Haskell week, so I'm sure the track has been very manicured. So, you know, take a look at the races today and early on on, on Saturday, but we have seen a very distinct outside flow uh, in races. So just, just kind of keep that in mind. But extra Anejo over Go Rocket Ride, salute the stars in Arabian night for me. All right, I like it. So you you will have some go rocket ride and some uh, and some salute the stars on those tickets as well. But the main interest is the seven and the eight. All right, one thing left to do, guys. It's time for the Monmouth Park bet of the week. Can be from one of the races we discussed. You can pull something from another race if you want it to be that. I didn't really prep you guys for this, but you know it's 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 one of our our new features. So we're gonna get into it now. J.K., if you could just pick one horse on the card, who would it be? Yeah, you know, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, uh, not too hopeful, right, because of Baffert's record in this race, but, you know, I think Arabian Night, there's still going to be some doubt. There's going to be a lot of really sharp, shrewd horse players that cannot digest taking this horse off of this long layoff in a grade one against the likes of horses like Extra Neo, Tappet Trice, Mage, the Derby winner, for crying out loud. Doesn't he have to be favored? He's the Derby winner. So I do think that, and I say it with confidence, I think that that you'll actually get a pretty darn good price on Arabian night. So that'll be my best bet for sure. I get it completely. Brian, how about you? I'm going to go back to the, the race. We started with race nine, the Wolf Hill, that turf sprint race. I'm going to say Eamon or Eamon, however you want to pronounce it is my, is my best bet of the day. As, as I said earlier, I just see that race absolutely loaded with speed. I, I want a closer and hopefully Eamon with Joel Rosario, one of, if not the best, you know, turf sprint riders just coming from dead last to mow you down. Uh, he's going to be my my uh, pick of the day. He's ten to one on the line, so hopefully you get a decent love it. price. I love it. We got some great ideas there, guys. Really looking forward to getting to Del Mar early and playing this uh, playing this card. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brian, we thank you again. J.K., we thank you again. J.K. will be doing double duty on the other show. We'll talk talking about some Saratoga races. And if you want more Monmouth Park content, we have a whole other show with trainer interviews and thoughts and analysis from uh, Naomi Tucker and Nick Tamaro on that one. We're blowing it out here. 
Also, one last reminder, sign up for that Haskell contest. Generally speaking, be very aware of what Brian has going on contest-wise, some of the most popular events out there. You can get many more details on the Monmouth Park website. For Brian and JK and the rest of our friends at Monmouth, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.